are the things that I'm spending time on each day, the things that I really intend to be doing? Are they leading to that goal that I have into the weekend of the month, into the quarter, into the year? And the way I advocate for this, just to get tactical about it, is to break your day, and it could be your working day, your side hustle day, or your entire day, but to break your day into usually these 30-minute chunks. I don't think you should go any lower than 15 minutes, because if you're context switching so much in a 15-minute range, then that's something else (laughs) to break down and consider. Now you can like batch things. So I'm not saying like I spent five minutes on this email and then 10 minutes on this email. I'm saying like I responded to emails for 30 minutes. But when you look at it, when you look at it, I think most people would be surprised to realize how much time they spend on things that they either don't have as much control over, which again, we'll come back to that, or they're things that are just part of the natural rhythm of work. Hey there, and welcome to the Life Hack Show. Sometimes we forget how busy life can be, and that makes the time we have all the more precious. Join me, Chris McMahon, as I talk with top experts in the self-improvement sphere for insight on how to truly master your productivity. In today's episode, we'll discuss turning ideas into action with Matt Regland. Matt Regland helps people create content and products to improve the lives of their biggest fans. He believes it's so easy to get stuck, overwhelmed, and believe your work isn't good enough. I think we've all been there. (laughs) You might be familiar with Matt's work via his YouTube channel or podcast, Connect the Dots. This is going to be a good one, and I am happy to welcome Matt. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Chris. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate you asking me on the show. Yeah, of course. Of course. I'm really excited to dive into this one because uh, the last few years, this big thing that has happened, which is remote work. Everyone's working from home. I'm working from home right now. You're working from home right now. And it's so easy when you're by yourself to just get sucked into this almost like a void where it feels like, all right, time is really passing by much quicker than I'm actually realizing right now. So one of the things I think is most important, and I think you could probably speak very well on this topic is, can you tell me a little bit more about the power of setting a daily intention? Yes, of course. It is exactly like what you said. It's easy to be unintentional about our time and our tasks that has kind of become our default state. And I don't say that in a mean or nasty way. I say that because there's so many messages that we receive. There's so many things that are bouncing around in our minds that to just kind of go with whatever's been like planted in there recently by hopefully by yourself, but by bosses, by friends, by spouses, by children, (laughs) that if you aren't intentional about what matters each day, then the day's just going to be done. And yes, you'll get things done in that day. But one of the things that I'm really intentional about and I try to help people with is really defining what matters for you to get done today so that over time you're li- you're living a life of meaning and intention and productivity is just a trojan horse <laughs> for that mindset for that mission and for that goal and so if i can tie something that's really big at the end of this year the end of this quarter the end of this month even the end of this week then i can create stepping stones each day to get to that summit of success to me success is often just a culmination of little things that you've been doing for a long time. Now, there can be some ways that 
you take really big leaps and jumps and the courage and the uh, guts to take those big leaps are definitely a big part of life as well. But I also believe that you build that like courage and capacity over time as well. That's so interesting, Matt, to hear you say that, because I think so often in the work that individuals can do, it can feel as if everything is a consistent sprint. It can feel as if like, unless I get from point A to point B as fast as possible, well, then what do I have to actually say? What do I actually have to show? I'm not, I, people need to see me as this overnight success, X or Y. And what you're saying more is the smaller steps along the way are what actually lead to the, the grand the grand finale, the big thing. And I think people easily forget that sometimes, you know? So if we can go back to the idea of remote work being a part of life, and now we have this idea of setting intentions so we can actually do work that is both meaningful and fulfilling, how can someone make the most of the time that they actually have when they sit down and realize, well, okay, this is how much time I do have to do these tasks? So what you're getting at is a concept of time tracking and for me. And the way that I think about that is not in this mindless like clock in, clock out factory setting or in a unhealthy micromanaging perspective of I got to know what you're doing every minute of every day. But it does go back to that intention of thinking about are the things that I'm spending time on each day, the things that I really intend to be doing? Are they leading to that goal that I have into the week, into the month, into the quarter, into the year? And the way I advocate for this, just to get tactical about it, is to break your day. And it could be your working day, your side hustle day, or your entire day, but to break your day into usually these 30 minute chunks. I don't think you should go any lower than 15 minutes, because if you're context switching so much in a 15 minute range, then that's something else <laughs> to break down and consider. Now you can like batch things. So I'm not saying like I spent five minutes on this email and then 10 minutes on this email and saying like I responded to emails for 30 minutes. But when you look at it, when you look at it, I think most people would be surprised to realize how much time they spend on things that they either don't have as much control over, which again, we'll come back to that, or they're things that are just part of the natural rhythm of work. I bring up email. I, a lot of what I do right now in my work is sales and uh, coaching development with our clients. And sales development, you know, biz dev takes up a good chunk of time for me. You know, sales emails, sales calls, like do it, doing all these things. And without, before I started time tracking, I would just kind of think like, oh, you know, it doesn't take that much time. But then I might look at the end of the day, at the end of the week, be like, wow, I spent three hours on biz dev and sales. I would have told you that I spend hour, maybe two hours. And there are days that I spend six to eight hours on biz dev. And so when you take those things that these are a core part of like my job and how I work in my company right now. And so if I'm wondering, oh, why, why don't I have enough time to do a YouTube video? Or why don't I have enough time to do something else? Like, well, the main thing that you have to do right now is get more clients. That is the big goal. And so I don't have to beat myself up anymore about maybe not having as recent of a YouTube video that I want. And conversely, if you're spinning your wheels in a bunch of tasks that could either be batched together more effectively, like are you checking email throughout the day instead of just a couple of times? Uh, can you, like even in my role, once I started, like I'm not doing as much YouTube videos, but I've been writing a newsletter consistently. I'm like, okay, 
this time I'm blocking on my calendar and I'm tracking for, and that's where we kind of shift from time tracking is usually a reactive practice and time blocking or calendar blocking is a proactive process, but time blocking is most effective when you've been time tracking. So you know how much time you actually have available to block for the thing that you want to do. So that's how, that's how I think about like intention and just understanding. Cause I think when you have an understanding of the time that's available, then you can make better, clearer decisions about like what you want to spend your time, spend your time on. Yeah. I think that that's pretty, this, this level of clarity is so important for anything someone is doing within their life, within their job, within their family time. Like it's something that gets overlooked. Absolutely. And I think you put and it in such a great one way of the ways that, that, I that it really like boils down to, yeah, it, it really boils down to like, whatever the intention is looking at the necessary steps to get where you want to go. You know, I, I like to call this in, in my work as a, as a nutrition coach and everything of that nature as like, how do we reverse or work backward to get to what we actually want? What is the bare minimum? What is the thing? So if time is that essence to get us where we want to go, it's so big. So for you, do you think, uh, do you think your practice of uh, bullet journaling, something I use too, uh, has made it easier to shift through these four types of productivity? You call it, you call it the flywheel, this idea of action, time, ideas, uh, uh, tools. Do you think that makes it easier to actually stay within those realms? I do. Uh, one of the nice things about that flywheel concept that you mentioned is a lot of times with productivity specifically, we tend to approach it first with the tool. Like, what am I using right now? Is it a bullet journal? Is it uh, checklist cards of my friend, uh, Jeff, Jeff Sheldon has this, I don't know if you've seen, uh, the gap, the gather is it get not gather. That's a different thing. The, uh, analog cards. It's just oh, cool. this yeah, cool thing that he does. Um, but often, or it's something like notion or ClickUp or Evernote back in the day. And what I advocate for and train for instead is first approaching is like, what is the action that we need to take? And that could be both a proactive intent, like what goal are we going to set? And then um, like, what are the, what are the steps to get there? And so once the action is defined, then we can protect the time. That's why we move to time next and think like, okay, what is a realistic timeline to do these, to complete these goals, to like finish these actions, these to-do items in. And there could be, there could be like some back and forth, maybe like, oh, I don't actually have the time <laughs> that I thought, or now that I've defined it, I could actually get this done a little faster than I expected because it felt really big in my head before I wrote it all down or typed it all out. And I'm like, oh, I thought this was going to take a month. It might only take me two weeks. So from action, we go to time. And then uh, something else that I'm sure we'll talk about is now collecting and developing the ideas to like help achieve the goal, to help complete the actions that we've defined in the time that we have to do them. And this is kind of like a, a side quest to go on is to me, like the notes and the ideas are always in development. There's a great book called how to take smart notes, which is based on a, um, which is based on the work of Nicholas Luhmann, uh, who was a so sociologist, I think, uh, might, might mess that up, but at least I'm pronouncing his name properly after two years, but it's this idea of the Zettelkasten or the slip box. And it's this process and there are lots of digital tools to use this now, like Rome, Obsidian, there's a bunch, but it's like, you just constantly take notes and then you refine those notes over time. 
and you categorize them or cluster them based on the topics and find ways to connect them, obviously much easier to do <laughs> in digital tools. But then when you define a goal, you already have like some level of like ideas or content um, that are already available that you just start to fill in the gaps of your work. Like it might, the way that I think about it is like, you never start from a blank page. You never start from scratch again, when you've been taking uh, smart notes as Professor Ahrens, uh, Sonke Ahrens says in his book, How to Take Smart Notes. Uh, Building a Second Brain by Tiago Forte is another great like book on the idea development process as well, among, among other things. So once you do that, then you decide like, okay, what's the best tool for me to come to combine these ideas in the time that I have so I can complete the actions. And as you go like one more, one more like loop in the flywheel, one more stop in the flywheel is the mindset is when you follow all those things, you'll be much more confident about your ability to complete the test, to do the thing, to reach the goal. And when you do that next time, the flywheel just starts spinning again. Next time you go to like set an action to define an action, set an intention, make a list, make a plan and like, oh, I've done this before. I can point back and say like, here are all these other things that I've done and everything just feel, you just feel more confident about it because you've seen the proof of your work in the past. Matt, you brought out something so interesting there. Uh, the last part of the flywheel, this, this mindset, the ability to like have confidence within the decisions you're making. I feel like a lot of individuals, especially if we're looking at remote work, we're by ourselves at all time. It's, we don't have the ability to bounce ideas off someone as easily. And we can kind of get lost in our own thoughts of like, is this even going to work? Is this even a best idea? Because so many individuals have the next great idea, right? They, they have this next great idea and maybe they pursue it, but then it ends up being this time that we used on something that clearly probably wasn't the best thing. We're just so in love with the concept. We want to keep going. So for you, like, how can someone tell when their passion might be clouding their judgment? I feel like you have such a unique view on all of this because, yeah, we have all of these ideas. How do we know the one that we should actually pursue or the one that we should put on the back burner so we actually can be productive with that time that we're using? Yeah, this is such, this is like the crux of creative work <laughs> in a lot of ways, especially when you are like working on your own business or you have your side hustle. Now, if you are working at a company, you have, uh, layers in place to help with that, uh, coworkers, a boss. Now there is something to be said for understanding how to advocate for your own ideas and not just be like, ah, oh, you're right. Mm, you're right. Bad idea. But going back to a personal side is there's a couple of ways to think about this. First and foremost is that I, for all of its flaws, I know I always, always have to put that disclaimer out there, but for all the flaws of social media, the ability to rapidly test ideas and concepts mm -hmm. and then to build on those ideas and concepts in real time is like nothing we've ever seen before in society. Now, like it, does that also have its ups and downs? Yes. One could argue. And I've definitely thought that the reason I have 50 videos about a bullet journal on a YouTube site is because I made a bunch of videos about productivity and like life and work in 2018, I think it was. And the one that did the best was when I was like, here's how I plan my day in a bullet journal. And it was the biggest video of the year. And then I did another one at the end of the year, like here's how I'm planning. And like that took off. And like, I guess I'm a bullet journal person now. <laughs> I mean, I had been doing it, but in terms of YouTube, I, but I, because I had made 60 videos in 2018 and that was the best one I was able to see, like, this is what hit, this is what resonated. I can do more of this. And there are ways that you can keep doing that. Now, so the market will tell you <laughs> what those things are. 
the trick I've come to realize and I'm still putting into practice myself is sometimes, especially for something that is more of a project or a system versus an area of life, projects and systems and niches are so much more like are often easier to build businesses on because you're just, it's so clear what you're talking about. Bullet journal, not notion, not notion, even though lots of, I know a lot of friends who have built great businesses on notions, same sort of thing. But unless a system evolves, which notion is, and the bullet journal kind of by, <laughs> uh, isn't really it's pen and paper. So like, it's lovely, but like, I don't get to talk about new features. I kind of found that I like ran out of stuff to talk about with it. So here's something, here's another way to think about how can you develop new ideas, projects, concepts. There's a really good framework that Google came up with years ago. Eric Schmidt talked about it in his appearance on the Tim Ferriss show of uh, the 70-20-10 rule. And the 70-20-10 rule means, and I didn't follow this closely enough, but the 70-20-10 rule means that you're going to spend 70% of your energy on the thing that makes money, on the thing that drives your life, drives your business. For Google, that obviously is search. And there are other like services in there now, AdWords, um, YouTube. And then you spend 20% of your time on proven concepts that could be big winners. So they've been validated. They're not the cash cow of search or YouTube, but it's something like AdWords started as a as a 20% project. Like, feel pretty good about this. We're going to put some energy behind it. It has now become a 70% project. Then there's the 10% work, which uh, Google... Uh, the most famous product to come out of there is Gmail. Uh, Google did not have a mail product uh, for a number of years, but then like a handful of engineers started spending like half a day every week, 10%, four to six hours of their 40 to 60 hour weeks, <laughs> half a day. Um, that was like the Friday morning time. They just worked on Gmail and worked on Gmail until they had a working MVP. And, and if I remember correctly, they used that internally until it was validated internally at Google. And then it became a 20% project. They rolled it out in beta. And obviously the tick, the, uh, the like, use, the usage went through the roof and they're like, oh, slowly build that in. Now Gmail is also a 70% project. So you can look at your own projects, ideas, and concepts. And while you should, like, while you should keep the majority of your focus on those 70, you know, these numbers are, are a little, you know, don't have to be specific, but you have the clear focus. And then you have like the development of validated concepts. And then you have things like, I'm just going to try this out because I think it's interesting. But you have to, you still have to like cap those things as well. Um, mm. And that's how, that's how I often think about like validating, developing ideas, projects, concepts to make sure that you know, the main thing is staying the main thing, but I'm also working on new stuff all the time that whether I just think it's interesting, because ideally you want to find and develop ideas, projects, concepts, businesses that you find really compelling and become the cash cow as well. Mm. But you have to keep working on those because as people, there are always going to be things that, I don't, and no matter how great they are, you just kind of like everything kind of runs its course in some way. And I think as I'm getting older, even though I'm not old, <laughs> relatively speaking, um, I'm just seeing that more and more in my life because I, I, you know, I'll be 40 this year and thinking a lot more about like, okay, like what I have three kids, I'm going to turn 40 this year. What, you know, what is really specific about like the main things going into my 40s, which is like, going to probably be the defining decade of my life between parenting and business building. That's a little overwhelming, but also very exciting. And it makes me want to be even more intentional about, about the things that I'm doing. Yeah. For you, 
since you are hitting this milestone birthday, 40 is like a big deal. Um, for you, do you have any specific things that have been a through line for you or something that's been a constant in your life from each phase of you could either go from business or personal life that has just kept you so tuned in with everything, kept you so, for lack of a better word, present with what you're actually doing? Um, is there anything that kind of sticks out for you, Matt? It's a really good question, Chris. And for me, the through line has become or is that coaching and connecting with people. Mm -hmm. I have in college, I often in athletics, but I'm not as involved in that anymore. But in college, I was a summer camp counselor. So there's an element of like leadership and coaching and connection. And I worked uh, right, out to, right out of college. I um, coached high school lacrosse for three years. And then I went uh, back to that same summer camp and worked there as assistant director for four years. So this, this intention and connection with people and helping them move from where they are now and where they want to be, whether they realize that or not, but helping cultivate uh, a mental, spiritual, like physical transformation in some ways uh, has been, I think, at the root of everything that I've been doing since you know, for the past, for the past 20 years, at least. And even when you think about it in terms of productivity, it's like, well, I have a thing that I want to get to eventually. And here I am now. So what are the productive tips, strategies that I need? And now what, um, what I do with, with the creator, the creator focused agency, which we develop newsletters and course content is the you know, same thing. I help, I help these creators develop like what their concept is to what they want it to be and the business that they want to build. And we mainly do, again, like we mainly do that through email marketing and newsletters. And I'm also able to then be the reader as well. So I'm like, here's what you can do as, as the writer, as the podcaster, whatever, to build your business. But let's also think about like, who are you to, how are you then helping your listener, your reader, mm -hmm. your student get from where they are to where they want to be. And I've been, I've been blessed to have like a great family unit and history a lot of strong mentors in my life have been very, very, very fortunate. Uh, but there's also, I've also had uh, a great like post post college education in uh, story and like hero's journey and uh, all these different ways that you can think about like you're in a place where like you don't know what's ahead, but you know you have to go. That's the call. Yeah. That's the call to adventure. And then like helping people go through that until you return. And then eventually, like this is the other part of the hero's journey is. There's always, there's going to be another journey. Um, that's like, that's not often the thing that is at the end of the Hobbit, whatever, but, um, in real life, there's like, you know, there's an, there's a, even if it's just an inner journey, there's another thing that's going to happen that you have to like follow mm -hmm. those same steps on. Uh, I really like that. I really like that, Matt, a lot because the thing that stands out for me hearing you describe all of this is this aspect of like community and accountability that comes within that, you know? In some yeah. some of the work that I've gotten the chance to do with individuals, it it really boils down to like where your value system lies within what you're doing, right? So, and if we look at it, like there's there's three. Like everyone has like three values. They might shape shift throughout their their life, but when you have the clarity on that, it becomes that much easier to know whether this decision is taking me closer to what I actually want or further away. And those three boil down like you nailed them at every single point of what you just made, which is what's so fascinating. One is to be like probably some form of more adventurous and outgoing, 
which is like this concept, I'm going to try these ideas. I'm going to see what happens. And I'm right. And then there's another one that's more like internal, which is like, you know, for some individuals, it could be like tranquility for other individuals. It could be, it could be meditation. It could be whatever you want it to be. But the third one that always stands out and people sometimes skip out on is a sense of community, whatever that might be for you. It could be your family unit. It could be religion. It could be like actually in the community, whatever it is, but those three bounce off each other and they allow you to always have like a system of checks and balances internally to know if you're going where you actually need to be going. So I just find that so fascinating and it's so important to recognize that within yourself. I mean, you even brought up this idea. And I think a lot of time when we are working, we do lose some of our focus if we're kind of ignoring like the physical self too. Do you find that like your passion that you, if folks check you out on Instagram, they could see you exercising and doing doing various rucking. And I'm a huge fan of stair rucking, which is what we do in our house when we can't go out because our kids are here. I just wear a weighted vest and walk the stairs in my house. Um, but do you find that there's also this level of like the physical self that helps you then be even more productive too? Yeah, there's, I think it's always been kind of a, maybe it's a, you know, the paradox of exercise is that while it takes so much energy to do, it then gives you back energy. And I find that really interesting. I look for other places in life where that's the case. Uh, you can think of that with the love that you give to others is often like, you know, sent back to you. Uh, there's also an element of creativity. And I think writing, especially uh, the more you write, the better and more consistent you feel with writing. I don't always know if that's the same for like YouTube and podcasting, just in the fact that the more you do it, the more, again, like that's going through that like flywheel, the more you do it, the more confident you feel that you're doing when, when you're doing it, like, ah, well, I'm on episode 100. I don't, you know, I don't feel as like worked up about it as I did in the first, in the first few, or you just find different things to get worked up about. And that's, you know, that's also part of like that hero's journey. Like we're just starting, starting to loop over again. But, um, with, with fitness and energy, that's always been one of the foundational, it's been the foundational practice of my life, even though my, <laughs> it's kind of funny to say, I was talking to a friend about this, uh, last week, shout out to Josh Higgs that like, even though like my faith is very important to me, I say like, I've been a much more faithful practitioner of the fitness <laughs> than of the faith at times. Um, and that is something that it just, it helps me feel good. I you know get more, I get way more energy out of it than I put into it. And I have also found, I was talking to another, I was talking to another friend last week. And I, I find it interesting that in my fitness journey and in my creative and entrepreneurial journey as well. There's a level of diversity and like generalism that has been uh, really interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, I bet there's not too many people. And I pat myself on the back a little bit that have written a hundred newsletters, like modern, you know, modern newsletters, the past you know, three years, wrote a hundred blog posts and the you know years preceding have, re have recorded a hundred podcast episodes, have made a hundred YouTube videos. Like what's that, uh, piece. And at the same time, you know, there's an element of like, should I have just made 500 YouTube videos at that, at this point instead? I, I don't know. And I've made, I've made more peace with that than, than I have, than I experienced in the past, but there's, I've seen, uh, yeah, I do similar things in fitness as well. Like I've, you know, I played football in high school, lacrosse in college, and then I started doing CrossFit. I got into ultra marathons and then I did like Spartan races. And now like, um, I still, I, CrossFit has been the thing that I've done the most consistently. I'm actually at my office is at a CrossFit gym. They're right out there. <laughs> um, but the other thing I've gotten into the last two years is Brazilian jujitsu. And so now I have my blue belt in jujitsu and it's like, you know, I've always been 
someone who is good to really good at a lot of different things instead of really great at one thing. And like, again, like sometimes you want to like, should I have just been tried to be really great at one thing and gone for it? I don't know. Uh, I guess, you know, that's maybe what the second half of life is for, but it is also fun, especially in my, in the work that I'm doing now, helping other creators to be able to talk to them from a perspective of like, oh yeah, I've done a hundred podcast episodes. I've made 200 YouTube videos. Like I've written a newsletter for three years, pretty much weekly. And I can draw from all these different experiences and practices to help them do more of what they want to do. This is a really interesting point, Matt, this idea, everything that you've spoken on, like all the things you've done physically that are challenging, they are challenging. They require this, this deeper level of like, I don't really like the word uh, willpower or motivation because those two things are like your flaky friend. They're not, you can't really count on them, but there's this level of holding yourself accountable with those things and showing up and doing it, even when you don't want to do it, that comes from a very, very internal place. Not everyone is driven like that, right? But if we look at it that way, if you put in your reps of whatever the task is, suddenly you're like, oh, I'm the person who shows up this way. Oh, I'm the person who can problem solve. Oh, I'm the person who can write. I'm the person who can, you begin to identify with, with those things. And and that is such a big thing that that I think is really amazing to hear you talk about because I don't think a lot of folks when they're doing any sort of work, they might not realize, oh, this is a part of me, not the job, but the the amount of focus I can put into something, the amount of time I can take to flesh out these ideas. So it's really, really big. So that I, I'm a little curious here, like what do you think one thing our audience could do today to set their day or their week up for success? Like, what do you think one thing would be? If you had to pick one of the many tools you clearly have at your fingertips, Matt. So one that I alluded to earlier, but didn't give a specific frame around it is the gap method. And the gap mm -hmm. method stands for goals, actions, and protection. And what you're doing is you're creating a little mini flywheel each week to say, what is the one goal that I want to achieve by the end of this week? And it should be something that is, it is conceivable to do in a week. Okay. And often it will also be something that has whether they're major or minor, like some subtasks to them now, or it might take like a couple of sessions to like complete this goal. Maybe it's not something that you can just do in like one hour long uh, stretch. So goals, actions, protection, you set that goal for the week. And it's fine with me if you complete it by Tuesday, whatever, but you set your primary goal for the week. You define the actions that if completed will lead to a, an achievement of the goal. And then once you understand what are the actions that I need to do, then you're going to protect time in your week, one or two chunks of time, maybe three, depending on the goal to then go through those action items. So it starts to work backwards in a sense. So you start with define the goal, list the actions, protect the time. Now, when you come to the protected time, it is critical that you start to work on the action items that you listed so that at the end of the week, you will have achieved the goal that you set out for yourself. And I encourage people to start small on this. It's okay if you're saying, I want to like, a good example, I guess, between the two, it, between a, a couple of options are, if you're saying I need to like get to inbox zero, sure, that that's fine. But what I'd rather you use this method, this frame on is something like, I want to write a newsletter. 
let's say something, something more creative, or maybe it's not that I want to respond to all of my biz dev emails, but my goal for the end of this week is to create a better template for these biz, biz dev emails, or I'm going to write a, a short white paper or PDF or record a video that's going to help me convert more leads. And so instead of just saying like, my goal is to clear the pipeline of all active messages or you know, follow-ups, it should be like, my goal is to create something that makes all of this easier going forward. So if we use the template example, it's like, my goal is to create this template. Okay, I need to like, I need to protect, let's just say two separate one hour sessions before like the rest of the normal day starts, say from nine to 10 or eight to nine or whatever your day looks like, where I'm going to work through like setting up these templates. And so it could be like session one is writing the, e the template emails. Session two is like asking someone to like working with someone else on the team to make sure that they are what they need to be. And then session three is setting them up in whatever your, your CRM is, even if it's just like saved replies that you can quickly, you can quickly grab. So I'm setting the goal of having these email templates. I'm working through writing them, reviewing them, uploading them, formatting them. And I'm doing that. I'm, those are my action items. And then I'm protecting time two to three hours during the week to adjust those things. Now, just to expand that out a little further, if you're not used to uh, progressive goal setting in this way, it's often much easier to start with the week itself and one particular goal and just build that muscle uh, back to the fitness example of being able to like show up and do one little project at a time, one little goal at a time, instead of saying, what I want to do is increase my sales numbers by 20% by the end of the quarter. What, and then you're starting to look at, okay, what are all the ways that like, what are all the little projects or sub goals, milestones that I can do? Like, well, I can, I can do more cold outreach. I can do email templates. Like email templates is just one of those many things. But if I start really big and try and like break it down, that is still super useful. But if you're not used to that kind of like start big breakdown into something small, uh, and not everyone is, then I instead like go to the opposite direction, like pick the one thing that you know, like, hey, this is going to make an impact this week. I don't really know maybe what it's leading towards, but I want to practice. I mean, you know, this in fitness and nutrition, it's like, we're not going to like break down marathon training from day one. Let's just twice this week, let's go out for a little, little run, walk interval training. <laughs> and so it's, and this is why, again, like to, to close the loop on that, like why like fitness, there've been so many things that I've learned about life and work through, uh, through exercise and through the habits that those, um, you know, another example is like, even if you think about, Hey, I protected this time and I didn't get through all my action items. Well, that's like saying I had an hour to work out. I had an hour to go for a run and I was going to run three miles, but I only got to two. Well, what you're going to do instead of saying, I need to go out and run two to three miles. You're just gonna say, I'm going to go run for 30 minutes. So this is a little bit more applicable to say like a writing practice, but you could either say, I'm going to write a thousand words today, which is like, say, I'm going to go run five miles. Or you could just say, I'm going to be at the computer <laughs> for you know, 30 minutes. And however much I write is however much I write. However much I run is however much I run. That's a task versus time approach. I'm working to completion of the task, no matter how long it takes. I'm working for a specific amount of time. That's like uh, in CrossFit, that's known as um, as fast as possible or as many rounds as possible. So you have to do like as many rounds as possible in 10 minutes, or you have to do this specific workout as fast as you can. So like 
you know, the hero workouts, especially like how fast can I do Murph? <laughs> Not, <laughs> I'm just going to do Murph for two hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Which I can often just... feel like that as well. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a really big concept here. This idea of shifting between like, okay, I'm going to try to, because you could do it very simply this way. I'm going to try to answer every single email, but your answers and your replies suddenly get watered down and watered down and watered down until they're a sentence reply where there's not as much thought or idea behind it. Where if you say, okay, I have 30 minutes to answer emails with as much detail and as much uh, awareness, like there, there's this whole difference there. So it, it also depends on the personality type. It depends on what sure. someone can do. But I think, I think to distinguish between those two different ideas, the one of time-based or the or actual task completion based is big. And I think it's easy yeah. to overlook sometimes for people. Yeah. And there's I, one uh, other, there's one yeah, other piece ahead. that I want to add to that, a nice metaphor, because the other, the other thing that people often struggle with when it comes to work in this way it, that I found helpful is a concept that Michael Hyatt came up with called uphill versus downhill work. And I think he wrote about this in his book, free to focus, but we are all familiar with, and this kind of goes back to our time tracking note is like, we're all familiar with like, okay, I have 30 minutes to respond to emails, but are you just going through the emails that you can get through quickly? There's a time and a place for that. If you just want to hammer through a bunch, but you know, there's that email that you have to respond to, but it makes you nervous. Like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't want someone to get mad at me. I may not, whatever, you know, you're, that's the one. And so Hyatt distinguishes this really clearly between what is uphill work and what is downhill work. And the uphill work is something that might be more challenging and it's going to take more from you, but you're going uphill to your summit of success. This is something that's going to push you higher responding to that email you have to respond to. It's worse if you don't respond to it. And I've not responded to those emails in the past and it has been worse. As bad as it feels now, it's worse. <laughs> where downhill work, and we all have downhill work to do, you want to respond to all those emails, but those are the ones you're like, yeah, I'm just, those are the ones you're like, I'm going to fire through these. I'm watching, you know, I'm watching the late college football game in the fall, and I'm just like hammering through these suckers. Um, if you get a late, if you get a late uh, Saturday night email from me in, in the fall, don't feel bad. But those are, that's downhill work. You're, you know, tweaking some social media campaigns. You're like, you know, making a new thumbnail, actually thumbnails are super, are super important now. So that's probably uphill work at this point, but it's like adding in tags, whatever it's, you know, just like, it's got to get done, but it's not, it's probably not going to move your life or your business up in the way that you want it to. Yeah. I think that's a good distinction there because, because we do have to be able to differentiate from like, okay, this is a very meaningful time consuming focus oriented. I could probably only do like a 30 minute sprint on this actual task before I need a break versus, mm -hmm. oh, I could totally crank out like X or Y with this extra time I have later. Like it's, it's just this, yep. this concept of being intentional to tie it all together. Right. So yep. Matt at Lifehack, we believe that life is nothing without time to live it. So what is one thing that you will regret if you're not investing enough time in it and why? Well, that's really easy for me right now. It's just time with my kids, which is, it's an ironic uh, moment for you to be asking me that question because they're currently like with my parents for a few days while I'm just here living alone. Very like oddly, it feels very odd because I have three young boys and the house is just always loud and always a mess. And right now it's quiet and clean. And um, 
but I know those are like small moments and the way that I, you know, relatively speaking, doesn't feel, doesn't feel that small right now, but the way that I've oriented my life, my wife and I is to maximize time with our kids, the impact we have on them, the adventures, uh, the things that we get to do together. And so, um, that, that is definitely the one that's something that I'm very, very mindful of at this, this time of life. Uh, Matt, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. I, I, I sent you in an email. I said like, oh, you have more than one kid. That's like a thousand kids. But <laughs> you know, my son three is three boys is like having a thousand kids. That's yeah. Like my son is three. And, yeah. Yeah. And, but I mean, he started, you know, one of the benefits of remote work is that you do get that time with your family, with your friends. You can, you can, as long as you prioritize your time correctly and efficiently, you do get that time back that you might never have. And right. now because we're chatting and it's the start of summer, like my son's three. So I have about 15 more summers where he'll want to actually do things with me, you know, where he'll want to hang out with us. So it's like, if we can follow all of the tools that you brought up, Matt, it's like, well, you can get more time with a family member. You can get more time with, with your significant other. You can have more of what actually drives us to be able to do any of this in the first place. That's me making a generalization. You can, anyone can be motivated by what they want to be motivated by. But when you really dig into it, it's something far more meaningful than a number in a bank account. It, it, it's whatever those little moments are. So I, I really think that that's an awesome way to look at things, Matt. And, and I mean, it's just great. I, I don't really have anything else to say about that. I think that's a wonderful way to end things. Do you have, do you have anything else you'd like to add? No, I just appreciate the time that you've uh, given me to share and it was great, great chatting with you. And uh, if anyone wants to know more about this, I'd say my, YouTube channel is the best place to uh, watch these videos. And I also have a newsletter that touches on all of these elements. Uh, in fact, if you go to the front page of mattragland.com, there's actually a uh, form that you can fill out where you'll get like a series of a series of five day like email courses about each of these topics. So overall, I think I have 30 emails that you could go through basically a, a month worth of like free content that takes you through like each of the steps in the flywheel. And then the, the agency that I referred to now that I spend most of my time on is helping creators uh, develop and grow their, their own email newsletters and email marketing and uh, develop online courses for themselves. So uh, I talk about that and the news, the newsletter is the most consistent place to hear from me, but also Twitter and YouTube, just search for Matt Raglan. I really appreciate your time, Matt and uh, everyone else. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode. If you would like to learn more about strategies and practical skills to help you build customized skills to improve your time management and get the most out of your day, then look at Lifehack All Access. Full access to Lifehack's premium library means combining an evolving curriculum with the power of community. Community-led courses give you a flexible learning experience that fits a variety of lifestyles and schedules. Master vital mindsets, habits, and skills to get your life on track in less time with the expert tools, training, and support you deserve. Thanks again, and I look forward to seeing you again on our next show.